It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Let's have a good day, Michael Pappas. I'm Zach Blackerby. You just heard the man, Michael Pappas of ESPN 106.7. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Man, the Tigers had a good day on Saturday. More on that in a moment, as well as Auburn's newest assistant coach. A lot to get to today. But first things first, today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. Check out FetchMeHomeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. I, I actually used them yesterday, Michael Pappas. We were out of town all week. Lee and I were. We got home. And uh, after kind of being away from home, you don't want to leave home. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And when you have Fetch Me, you, uh, I don't know, it just makes it easy. It makes <laughs> it easy. makes it convenient. And uh, you never know who's going to show up at your door, but they're always going to be friendly. And we absolutely love that. They always take care of us. So use promo code FETCHME20 for your first delivery free. FETCHME20. No spaces there. And uh, yeah, that uh, that helps out the show. It helps out FETCHME. It helps out you. So it is a win, win, win situation. The free FETCHME app or FETCHMEDELIVERY.com. Michael, let's start on the football side of things. Al Pogue is Auburn's newest defensive backs coach. Yes, he is. And that's exciting because why? Uh, it's exciting to have a guy who, who you know is from Alabama, coached in the area, mm-hmm. coached at Auburn, uh, to return, ha- having him return to Auburn. And uh, he's a guy who's obviously a very good coach. I mean, he shot up the coaching ranks. Right. right, he uh, got the job at, uh, at Carver Montgomery, right? Okay, and when he was in his late twenties or early thirties, um, which, which is remarkable. He, I guess, kind of built that school into a bit of a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Jeremy Johnson's quarterback or head coach when Jeremy Johnson was in high school. Yeah, and then he gets hired as an analyst by Auburn, and then he gets hired as a defensive backs coach at Troy. Um, and, and then he goes to West Virginia with Neil Brown, and he was coaching outside linebackers, but he was an All-American defensive back. Right. And so now he's going to get to go back to the, the position that he belongs in at Auburn. So I, I'm happy for him. He's like 35 or 36, isn't he? And, yeah, and, younger guy. I mean, when you look at him, he, he was a, an offensive quality control coach at Auburn from 2011 to 2013. And, yeah, I, I think the way you kind of described his – rapid ascension that kind of says something when you're you're an off the field analyst type guy in 2011 through 2013 and now you're back at Auburn as a, as a pretty important assistant coach I mean you look at defensive backs obviously that's a it's a pretty important position group there so I think yeah I think that says something most recently he was at West Virginia as their defensive backs coach and um, and in their press release, they, they, they did a good job of um, kind of highlighting West Virginia's takeaway stats as well as Troy's when he was there. So that's something that we haven't seen this defense really do. They've been stout, obviously, one of the best defensive eras in the history of Auburn football. But takeaways has not been why they're good. They just kind of stall you and make you punt all the time. So maybe that'll help Bo Nix. Maybe it'll help. Chad Morris's offense next year, and if they can get a few more turnovers and, and help out with field position. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, and yeah. I think the fact that you know he's a defensive guy has been since he was in college when he was a defensive back in Auburn, I guess it would have been Gene Chizik, um, brought him in as an offensive quality control analyst speaks to how badly they were like, we just got to get this guy on staff. Mm-hmm. Like he, We just got to get him here because he uh, he's clearly a, a very smart guy and a very good coach. Something that I have said time and time and time and time and time again. I think Gus Malzahn, one of his best traits as a head coach is his ability to hire assistants. And I think he did a great job here. I think he did a great job here. So Mobile Native, like you said, went to Alabama State. And for those um, wondering why Auburn was able to hire a new guy, Marcus Woodson, just a reminder, we covered it, uh, but it was it kind of the conversation about this position kind of died down. And, and so now uh, on, on Friday, it's like right after, uh, right when we normally would have put a podcast up, I was, uh, I, was about, I was about ready to leave for Birmingham. And I told you, my, of course, Auburn hires a new coach the day we're not doing a live podcast, of course, because that's just how it works. But yeah, uh, Al Pogue, Auburn's new defensive backs coach, replacing Marcus Woodson, who went to FSU. All right, so in just a second, we're going to talk about Auburn basketball this week. Obviously, a, a tremendous win for Auburn to kind of keep things going. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So they take on LSU this past Saturday, Michael. And Michael, they controlled, uh, LSU controlled Auburn for about 98% of regulation. And then Auburn got hot. And they couldn't miss, even if they wanted to. It it was very strange watching that game, because it was one of those things where you, uh, you know, I, I'm a big guy, I'm, I'm a big Twitter fan and stuff, and you're sitting there watching the game, and you're kind of, I'm kind of sitting there like, should I tweet out something like, Oh, looks like Auburn's got them right where they want them, down double digits in uh, in the second half. But in the end, as critical as really everyone has been of Javon McCormick, these last two games he's really stepped up. And then this game last night, I mean, he, he took and made some big shots. And, and he was the guy they went to down the stretch. Uh, that's one of the things we've talked about this team kind of in general is that no one really knows who it's going to be down the stretch in these games. We've seen it be three different guys now. And how about Devin Cambridge? Yeah. Filling in for D'Angelo Purifor. Right. Samir, Javon, and Devin Cambridge, I mean, they all, they had a lot of big boy shots late in the game on Saturday. Devin Cambridge's stat line was crazy. Off the bench, 29 minutes, 7-11 from the floor, 7 of 10 from three. 21 points. That is just crazy. 7 of 10 from behind the arc. Again, I mean, last time, wasn't it? It was 6 of 9 last time? I mean, several games have gone by since yes, then. No, but, no, but yeah, and, and there's a lot of people saying, like, why in the world is Devin Cambridge not starting? It's like, well, he hadn't scored in, like, two games prior to this. So, yeah. like, I mean, he's... But it's there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's there. And if they can somehow get that to be even a little bit consistent, that kind of answers, okay, who's going to be, you know, one of these talented freshmen that are going to be a talented sophomore next year that's going to step up for a lot of these seniors that are, that are about to run out of eligibility. So, Devin Cambridge is a guy. 
lot of talk about Alan Flanagan. That was not his best day. One of six from the floor, just two points. Anthony McLemore did not have a good day. Isaac Okoro with one of his worst scoring games that I can think of in his Auburn career. But a lot of people are going to remember that violent dunk towards the end of the game, which is fine. That's great. And that's exciting. But he did not have a good day. It, it's it's interesting because you look at his statistics, you know, his his numbers, I guess, and it's easy to, to be like, you know, he didn't have a good day. But if you watch the end of that game, I mean, he made big play after big play after big play for Auburn down the stretch. And some of them were, I mean, most of them were on the defensive end and uh, and on the defensive glass especially. And just being that threat that he can be for the Auburn offense, I think, you know, made a big impact. Yeah, it was not his biggest statistical game of the season. It was, you know, not a very good statistical game for him, but he's just a guy who can make such a big impact on the game without it showing up on the stat sheet. Samir dancing. That video broke Twitter for a little bit on Saturday. (laughs) It certainly broke... uh, my Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was all over the place. I was going to open up the uh, the show today by kind of doing a, an apology letter to Javon, but I got halfway through and I'm like, no, no, he has been extremely inefficient scoring. I'm not doing this after you know, just a, a really solid week for him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off, but I don't want to take anything away from his incredible performance, his incredible you know game-winning shot, I mean, and, and all of that, but... Maybe this is kind of him saying, "All right, this is this is my team." You know, maybe he has a chance to to lead this team moving forward. Justin tweeted out that he asked, uh, I think he asked Samir if he and he and um, he and Javon felt like Jared and Bryce mm-hmm. nailed all those threes at the end of the game, and he said, "No, it was like Javon and Samir." And Justin's like, "Okay, fair enough, fair enough." But I want to see Javon and Samir become a normal thing. I want I want mm-hmm. that to be something that, that folks can rely on when they watch it. And not just in the last few minutes. Auburn's good enough where they don't need to be in the situation where they've got to climb back from double digits every uh, every single every single outing. That is something that is a recipe for disaster when you talk about a team that is building up itself for postseason play. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And I think most of the talk um, coming out of this game, I think it was Alan Flanagan who uh, uh, Bruce tried to put in for Devin Cambridge in the second was, half, yeah. and, and Flanagan was like, "No thanks, Coach. Devin's yeah, killing like, it. De- Devin needs to stay on the floor. He's only like he he was not in foul trouble, so let's just leave yeah. him on there." And I love that Bruce is just like, "All right, <laughs> cool, I'll do it." But I think that shows how much this team gets along and how much this team wants each other to succeed. It's not a, a me-first attitude. I mean, you saw that with Javon. I think you've seen it with Samir. And I think you've definitely seen it kind of trickle out throughout the team. And that's what made last year's team so special. I mean, in my opinion, and this is something that I say across all sports, if you can tell that the team loves each other, that they enjoy each other's company, that they enjoy playing with each other, and there's a genuine like a, a family-type bond, they're probably going to be pretty good. I mean, especially if there's any kind of talent, which obviously this team has talent on it. And I thought that's where this team was going to take a step back because last year's team loved each other so much. 
so much. And, you know, the, the, the Fortuma stuff and, and even before that, I mean, it was definitely a family. And what Bruce Pearl built a, from a culture standpoint in that locker room, it was, it was special. And I thought that was going to go when Jared and Bryce left. And, I mean, there, there were some other guys, of course, that were a part of that. You know, Horace and Chuma. Malik Dunbar, Chuma. Right. I mean, that, that, that's a big deal. But this team still feels that way. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't gone away, and I think that is extremely important. Yeah, you could also see that in uh, in the first game that Devin Cambridge went off shooting three pointers. Every time there was a break in the action, you know, the whole bench was up halfway onto the court, like lifting him up over their heads. Yeah, being like Devin, Devin. Right. I thought it was funny that um, that Bruce told everyone that because, like. It's a great gesture, but it's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> like, I can't imagine what would have happened if when I was playing in high school, my coach was like, no, no Pavis, go in the game. And I was like, nah. Yeah, it's like, that's not the right decision. Sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't want to play? And you'd be like, nah, he's doing really well. We'll just You can just leave him in. Like, I wouldn't have played for weeks. <laughs> I, I, like, I didn't think about it from that angle, but you're totally right. Yeah. Like, like I would have never done that in high school either. I mean, I think it speaks to, you know, the kind of coach that Bruce is, that Bruce was like, okay, <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> like, every coach I've ever had would have just reamed me out. Yeah. And questioned how, you know, my loyalty to the team and how much I wanted to be on the team and all that. I wonder if he handled it well, Alan. I mean, son of a coach. Maybe maybe he was able to handle it more gracefully than, you know, what we're assuming. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's a great question. I think it speaks to, I mean, what you were saying. Like, clearly Alan Flanagan is like, I love Devin Cambridge. He's playing really well. Like, I want him to have his moment. Devin looks hungry. Let the boy eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I do know what you're saying. NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get to some uh, some questions that we had on Twitter. Okay. that work with you? I like the tweets. That work with you? All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Andy asks, have I missed the Locked On Auburn Awards or has that episode not been made yet? It has not been made yet. You have not <laughs> missed it. I've just kind of built it up so much in my head that I'm scared to do it. That's, that is the honest truth. <laughs> we will be having the production meeting soon. <laughs> Um, Elliot asks, okay, so during A-Day, we will recognize the 2010 team. Do you think Michael Dyer will be invited as well to be recognized? And how do you think the fans will react if he will or will not be invited? I hope he's invited. He was a big part of that year and obviously a big part of that game. I mean, him not going down on that final run in the, in the championship game is one of the most iconic plays in the history of Auburn football. Auburn football. Auburn football. Auburn football. We Wait. didn't do our voice exercises. Unique before. New York. Um, uh, yeah, I, I hope so. I hope he is. Me too. And as far as how the fan base is going to react, usually when they have teams the size of the football team out there, they're just rifling through names so quickly that it's just like one constant applause. There's not. I mean, I, I and I think even if it was just him, I think the applause would be good. I really do. Yeah, I, I, I don't really feel like he 
like people don't feel slighted by Michael Dyer, do they? No, Michael Dyer made a lot of Auburn fans' lives a lot better. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah. If if you hate Michael Dyer and you listen to the show on a regular basis, please reach out to us. I want to talk to you because I I just that is not a, a mindset that I have seen the Auburn fans have. Yeah, I'm a little confused. Um, like I know he, you know, ended up at other schools and everything for some off the field stuff yeah and i mean he was an 18 19 year old kid and he got into some stuff that uh i mean i I think it kind of eventually derailed his career but and that's a shame but to take away what he did at auburn in 2010 i mean that was he was a big part of it yeah and i don't know why you would be like super angry with him specifically about that like that just kind of happens sometimes with guys you know all right brett asked if you're sitting on the floor in auburn arena you should be required to at least clap when your team is on defense. What is up with the old people arm crossers? Um, they rich. They do what they want. Yeah, if you can if you can afford those seats, I think you have the right to kind of do whatever you want in those seats. Just like if I were to buy a ticket, and if I was sitting in the upper deck or even you know uh, a, a decent seat on you know a twenty five yard line or fifty yard line, it, it doesn't matter where. I have the right to stand up or sit down wherever I'm sitting. Um. I think you get more out of it if if you're sitting that low and you buy into the atmosphere. That's just kind of been my 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 idea of going to sporting events. But I think you have the right to do what you need to do. Yeah, and unfortunately for the people who agree with the this Twitter guy, you those those floor seats can't really be influenced by the other people in the arena. Like in Zach's example. If you tried to sit down in the jungle or in, you know, in that second deck or something, you wouldn't be able to see the game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you have to stand up. But these people can just sit down. Also, um, if you're really mad about the way that they act, buy the ticket. So they can't sit there and you can instead. Let's see. We had another one that I wanted to read. Hmm. It was about the sock thing. What about it? When is that happening? Well, you were supposed to remind me to bring one that one Monday, and then you didn't. Here it is. Tyler said, hey, at Locked on Auburn, did I miss the episode of the sock and the blender? Just curious, daily listener. And Locked on Auburn retweeted, hey, Couch Potato, have we done this on the show yet? Oh, people responded to it. Peyton says, I've been waiting for this too. We are going to need video proof as well. And uh, David says, this is from another Curious Daily listener. No, you haven't. <laughs> wow. People, are, uh, people are holding you accountable, man. Well, Zach. Should we do we that? We can check the records. I said, I'm going to forget to bring the sock on Monday. And you said, I'll remind you. Okay. I have, this is the first time I've thought about it since we recorded that episode. I, I kind of forgot about it, but this is why accountability is good. I crave accountability, and our listeners are doing that for us. What if we combined it and made that part of the LOPAS, the Locked On Auburn Podcast Award, and just had a uh, maybe a category of best bet gone wrong, and that be the only thing in it, so it wins. And then you do it there. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> we really got to have this production meeting. Yeah, it's going to take some time to put it all together. But fun show lined up. Maybe the Lopas will happen this week. Uh, supposed to chat with Andy Burcham this week as well. Wednesday, I'm chatting with Coach Butch Thompson because ba- uh, baseball starts Friday. Pumped about that. And then on Friday, we are going to have a crossover episode 
with Locked On Missouri, because, of course, Auburn takes them on on Saturday. Missouri. Yep, that's it. And then, uh, of course, basketball takes on Alabama on Wednesday. They'll be looking to get revenge, and uh, I think they're going to get it. Yeah, I agree. Sweet. I think they're going to win by like 20. No one's going to be like, what the hell happened in Tuscaloosa? I mean, it was a bad week. It was a bad week. You're okay. It's okay to have a bad week every now and then. Yeah, I agree. Two, they're 21 and two. And both losses happened in the same week. It's, it's, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And now they have, what was it, four quad one wins? They're four and two quad one? Oh, yeah? I think so. That could be wrong. Alabama's not quad one, are they? Yeah, they are. Really? Wow. Well, losing in on the road to Alabama is quad one. Okay. If they lost it home to Alabama, it would be quad two. Okay. I believe. That sounds right. Auburn is one of like eight or ten teams in the country that does not have a loss outside of quad one. Okay. Would Florida at home or Florida at, at Auburn Arena, would that be a quad two or quad one? Do you know? Or is it just quad uh, one because be it was in Gainesville? Two. I okay. think it's quad Similar one situation yeah. then? Okay. Because cool. I think on the road, it's like top 50 is quad one. Uh-huh. That but makes, at, at that makes home, sense. it's like top 30 or something. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. It bothers me that those things can like move, you know? Mm-hmm. There's definitely exceptions to the rule there, but it's fine. That's okay. Well, I mean, like if Alabama loses three more games or five more games, that'll drop. It will not be a quad one. It's also arbitrary, man. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just keep winning, Auburn. They've got a chance to win 30 games in the regular season. Yeah. I think they win every game this year with the exception of on the road to Kentucky. Really? I do. I I do, yeah. Evansville went into Rupp and won. And Evansville is like the 200,000th ranked team in the country right now. That's true. I mean, you're not wrong there. They're poopy. So, Alabama, Missouri. They go to Georgia. They host Tennessee, which I don't think is very good this year. They host Ole Miss. They go to Kentucky. They host A&M, and then they go to Tennessee. I mean, those are all extremely winnable. At Tennessee is the toughest thing outside of Rupp, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you would imagine. Yeah. That'd be crazy to see. That'd be crazy. They're a two or a three seed at that point, right? I think that would end 28-2. and two, Okay. Right? Because can't you win 40 games? Isn't that what, like, total? Wasn't that what that Kentucky team was trying to do, go 40-0? You know? They're at 21 right now? Yeah. 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 26 and 3, 27, 20. Yeah, you're right. I put them at 28. 28 and 3. As the number one seed in the SEC tournament. So you probably won another one. So, And if they won the SEC tournament after finishing the regular season 28 and 3 they would be a one seed. Mhm. That's true. There's I, I don't really th- cuz you'd have to beat most likely Kentucky again. Mhm. Yeah, so that'd give you another yeah. quad one cuz that's apparently important. So Sweet. Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Follow me on Twitter at @couchpapato. I go live on ESPN 1067's Twitter at 3 p.m. every day. Mhm. And that's pretty much it. You can listen to the Free Money Friday Everyday Podcast if you want to. All right. And that's available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked on Auburn Podcast. Oh, yeah. Let's go. 
the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.